Hey, welcome to church. I'm so glad you're here. If you can't tell, which I'm sure you can, we are on set of our Christmas Eve special, and I am so excited to share it with you. We've actually had a ton of fun today shooting the special, so make sure you tune in Christmas Eve. Um, I don't want to give anything away, but Chelsea and I fight live on camera. Um, well, recorded live, but it's going to be a great special. So um, it's uh, it's just absolutely the most wonderful time of the year. No doubt, um, like my family, Christmas time is wonderful, but it's also a time to remember loss. It was December 19th that we lost uh, my dad, my hero. And so for families and friends and loved ones and people everywhere in the world who also find this time to be challenging and painful, please know we love you. If there's anything we can do for you as a church, we are here, we are available. You can contact contact us on Pastor Chat. You can email us, let us know. Um, we want to serve you and help you in any way possible. Here's the good news about this sermon. This fire behind me is so hot and my turtleneck is so warm. There is no chance this is going to be a long sermon. So there's an upside here. Okay. So if you're watching this and you're kind of settling in for another hour sermon that uh, maybe you've become familiar with with me, uh, this is going to be a little bit more of an abbreviated one. But I've been thinking along the lines of gifts. Of course I have. Uh, that's probably not groundbreaking. We all have. What kind of gifts are we going to get? Uh, we have three children, 17, 15, 12, and each one of them is unique in the gifts that they desire and the gifts that they want, and it's not easy. Uh, my middle son, Elliot, I love you if you're watching this, uh, he's the aspirational one. He's the one that outlines gifts, and he says, hey, Dad, if you want to spend 25 grand this year on my gift, here's something you could get me in that price range, and if you want to spend $250, here's an option in that price range. <laughs> He's very aspirational in his gifts. But my point is this, everyone uh, is uniquely different in terms of the kind of gifts that we give. And so you start thinking about what makes a gift a gift, right? Um, we've all received gifts. And have you ever received an awkward gift? It's not the actual thing that you receive, the actual product given to you, but maybe it's the giver of the gift that makes it awkward. Come on, we all have a friend or two or 500 um, that when they give the gift, they're like, uh, we'll open it. And you're like, oh, I'll wait till Christmas, you know, when I'm with my family. And they're like, no, 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 no open it. You're at the Christmas business party, you know, and it's like the white elephant getting no, open it right now. And, and suddenly I break out in cold sweat and I'm not in front of a heated fire with a turtleneck. And I'm like, oh, I, uh, all right. And you open it and you prepare yourself emotionally and mentally to try to serve up the kind of response reaction that the giver of the gift wants. And suddenly it dawns on you that this, this gift is not really a free gift. Um, the cost of the gift is that you will react in a way that the giver of the gift desires. So we all love gifts, but if we're really honest, gifts in and of themselves can even have a negative connotation in our customs, in our cu culture, and in 2021. I want to talk to you about the ultimate gift giver. Now, you know where I'm going. This isn't a, you know, a bait and switch here. I'm talking 
about Jesus, talking about the way God gives gifts. And quite literally, I want to spend the next 15 minutes describing to you, outlining to you, illustrating to you, communicating to you how God gave himself in Jesus. Because I actually think the ultimate gift is Jesus to the planet. We're celebrating Christmas. Christmas is the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem in a barn, to be very specific. But of course, the reason we celebrate the birth of Jesus is not just that he was a noble man or an ethical man or a moral man or a kind man or a miracle man or a healing man. It's because he was the God man. He was the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. And he came in the form of an itty bitty fragile baby, right? I mean, let's not forget, I know we say it probably every Christmas season, but God could have come any way he wanted, but he came in the form of a baby. He came through the Virgin Mary. He had a stepdad named Joseph. He had brothers and sisters and cousins. He worked as a carpenter's son up until 30 years old. We're not told a lot of the details of his upbringing. We get snapshots when he's a toddler. We get snapshots in his adolescence at 12 years old. He's, he's right about to probably go through puberty and enter into middle school. And then we're, we hear from him again from 30 to 33. What a miracle story. In my opinion, the greatest story ever told. But I want to talk about the dynamics of the gift God has given us. And I want to give you three observations, three observations that I hope produce in you and in me a sense of awe, that produce in you and in me a sense of gratitude, that even when these 15, maybe now 14 minutes are over, that we stop and go, wow. We stop and go, you're the greatest. You're the best. You're the best gift giver, and you, God, yourself, are the greatest gift. What makes a gift a gift? Well, there could be a number of different definitions from all the different countries and continents all over the world and how you give a gift and what a gift means and what kind of gift should you give at a particular holiday season or a celebration or an anniversary or a birthday or whatever it might be. But, but I want to talk about the greatest gift ever given to humanity and the way that it was given. And here's my first observation. The giver initiates the gift. This is how God gives, and this is how he gave himself in the person of Jesus. He is the initiator. I love what 1 John chapter 4 says. It says, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and gave himself in our place, took our shame and our judgment, which is to say, this is love, not that we loved God. First John 4 says, we didn't love God. We weren't the initiator. We weren't the instigator. We weren't the request maker. We weren't the one sitting around going, God, when are you gonna show? God, when are you gonna help us? No, when we didn't know that he existed, when we didn't know that he was real, when we didn't understand his ways or the content of his character, it says, and this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. God takes the first step. God 
is the initiator. So much has been made over the years of Christendom and Christianity, and you look at the thousands of years of the history of the teachings of Jesus and the ways of Jesus, and oftentimes in our efforts to remember our responsibility and our relationship with God, we overemphasize all the things that we ought to do. We ought to live holy. We ought to live generous. We ought to live kind. We ought to live considerate. We ought to live moral. We ought to be noble. We ought to pay taxes. We ought to be good with our finances. We ought to open up doors for senior citizens. And we start to consider all the number of ways and and aspects of living that should be our responsibility. And what happens? Well, we begin to lose sight that God did it first. God takes the first step. God takes the great initiation. And the initiator is the one, he's the main character in the story. The initiator is the one that starts the whole story in motion. The initiator, by definition, gets far more credit than the responder. I want to remind you who you are today in this Christmas season. You're a responder to the great gift giver who's the initiator of the ages. He loved you. He chose you. He named you. The scripture says before you were ever formed in your mother's womb, he had ordained you. He had named you. He had called you. He had formed you. He had a plan for your lips, hips, and fingertips. He had a plan for your eyebrows. He had a plan for your eye color. He had a plan for your skin color. He had a plan for your ethnicity and your background and your family's history. It was all his doing. He is the great initiator. I want, to respond, I want to remind you that you, again, are the responder. Well, what does that do? Well, first of all, it takes a little bit of pressure off. Some of us, we get so worked up. We get so wound up thinking, I've got to make it happen. And it's like my science teacher in high school. I've talked so much about him. God bless him. But he asked me one day, Judah, what's your favorite scripture in the Bible? And I told him probably John 3.16 or 2 Timothy chapter 1, whatever it was. And he said, well, my favorite verse is God helps those who help themselves. I want you to think about that. That's not in the Bible, but that's synonymous with our modern Western world culture. We think that once we initiate, then God steps in. Once we say the prayer, then God answers. Once we ask for God's help, then he'll step in. Once we do something good, then God will repay us. If we give money to the church, then God will bless our finances. No, God is the initiator. He's already blessing. He's already loving. He's already caring. He's already providing. He's already healing. He's already delivering. I'll tell you what, I am preaching in front of this hot fire and this intense turtleneck with a jacket on top, right? Like, but, but it's true. He's the great initiator in your life. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. I want you right now to exhale, quite literally. Your whole life is a response to the great initiative of love in the person of Jesus. What makes a gift a gift? It's given by the great initiator of the ages. One of the other things I love about the the way God defines his gift and what makes a gift to God is that the giver only intends to give. Please hear me. The giver initiates and then the giver only intends to give, which is to say, what are the intentions of God? 
I was uh, meeting with a movie production team the other day, and they said, when it comes to making a movie, when it comes to making a television show, it's all about the intent behind the production. It's all about the intent behind the storyline. If you intend to be sarcastic, it'll come across. If you intend to serve a certain audience, it'll come. What, what do you intend in the story? And I want to remind you of God's intentions today. God does not give like your aunt or like your uncle who says, open the gift right now. And then as you open it, come on, somebody has a family member like this out there. You open it and they go, you haven't even opened up the packaging. And they start asking, do you like it? Do you like it? Will you wear it? Are you like me? Do you have friends after they give you the gift a couple of weeks go by and they go, I haven't seen you wearing that. I haven't seen you using that. Do you even like it? If not, why don't you just give it back? Right, in other words, the intention is that they have given you the gift on a condition. And the condition is you have to like it and use it. And if you don't, it's a waste of their money and they want it back. And oftentimes we project on God and think that's how he gives, but that's not how God gives. Do you know what God's intentions are? To only give. He's just a giver. I want to remind you of the verse Tim Tebow wrote. I mean, the verse Jesus wrote. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Here's the operative word. Here's the intention. We're going to discover the intention of God that whosoever. Do you hear it? Do you see it? Do you feel it? You know how God gives? He gives with a whoever on the other end. Whoever. For whomever, whenever, wherever, whoever. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, if I am giving the ultimate gift in the form of myself, I'm going to ensure that when I give myself, there will be a return on my ultimate investment, but not God. His character is that he is generous to the core. He is the epitome of generosity. He is the epitome of giving, for he is the personification of generosity and giving. So he gives with the intention to give. I tell you, God's hidden motive behind his gift is to give, is to love. It's so that you see who he really is and he gives with the whoever. And I want to say this about our church. We are going to share the goodness of Jesus with whoever. We're going to make this church available to whoever. We're going to welcome whoever. We're going to open our hearts. We're going to open our minds. We're going to open our homes. We're going to open our lives to whoever. Whoever, whosoever, one translation says. Whosoever comes. Whosoever believes. Whosoever opens up their heart. We're a whosoever kind of church. We're a whoever kind of community. Everyone is welcome at God's table, and everyone is welcome at church home's table. Because you know why? The great God of the ages gives, he gives with the intent to give. I know it seems simple, but sometimes it's the simple things that are easily overlooked and taken for granted and misused or maybe forgotten. Your God is generous to the core and he gives because he's a giver. And I'll just say it like this in our culture here in the United States of America, there's a saying, giving with strings attached. You know what God doesn't do? He doesn't give with strings attached. He's not trying to pull your strings like Pinocchio. He could. He is sovereign. He could completely and utterly override free will. But it is there is evidence all around that he can. 
And maybe some would argue sometimes he does, but the amount of integrity and character and self-control that our great grand sovereign God executes every day is astounding and astonishing. And it reiterates over and over that he gives with no strings attached. He just gives. The giver is generous. The giver is an initiator. The giver intends, his intention is simply to give. And lastly, what makes a gift a gift? The giver gives himself. The giver quite literally gives himself. John 15, I'm going to read this to you. John 15 says this, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay his life down for his friends. The scripture says the greatest form of love is to give yourself. The greatest form of love is to give your entire being. That's exactly what God did. I cannot adequately in front of this steaming hot fire in this turtleneck, I cannot adequately, nor is there enough time to permit for me to tell you the width, the height, the length, and the magnitude of what I have just said. But I'll say it again. The great God of the ages, the designer, the creator, the architect, and the ultimate maker of all things became a man, became a baby boy, And that baby boy would grow up. It would take him some 30 years, most of it in silence and solitude, meaning it's not outlined for us in the ancient scripture. When he reaches 30, he begins a three-year process of completely and entirely giving himself away. In fact, some would argue that the crucifixion of Jesus Christ was a murder, but it was not. Jesus said to the powers that be, you do not take my life, I I lay it down. Well, there it is, the greatest gift you can ever give, to lay down your life for a friend. In the New Testament, Jesus says, I call you friends. What is it to be a friend of God? It's to know that God has laid down himself for you. I must say, I, I don't think it's hard to be a friend with Jesus. I don't think it's hard to be a friend with Jesus. Everything about him I want in my life. His ways, his love, his generosity, his motives, his intentions. To me, they are the ultimate zenith definition of a gift. And so in this month, all over the world, we celebrate what we call Christmas. But let's not get it twisted. I appreciate all the trees, and all the twinkling lights and the bulbs and the gifts and the carols and the chocolates and the nutmeg and the eggnog. I'm into it all, even the turtlenecks and the beautiful fireplaces. But all of this, it all culminates in a person and the ultimate gift he gave, which was himself. While literally being crucified, punished, brutalized and tortured, the prayer of Jesus was simple, profound, and clear. He said, Father, don't hold this against them. They don't know what they're doing. In other words, put it all on me. All the hate, all the racism, all the bigotry, all the murder, all the jealousy, 
all the envy, all the stress, all the striving, all of the error, all of the selfish acts, all of the mean, deplorable things we do to ourselves and others, Jesus said, I'll take it. Put it all on me so that they can go free. That's Christmas. That, to me, is what defines a gift. And that's Jesus. That's who he is. That's who he is, not just for me. That's who he is for you. That's who he is for everyone in that room watching this broadcast right now. He is the ultimate gift. And I pray above all else during this wonderful, warm and cozy and special month that we call the Christmas season, that you would unpack the definition and the ultimate gift of all time in the person of Jesus. And I got good news, church. Let's never forget, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. You don't have to warn it. And you don't have to pay for this gift. All that is asked of you and me is to receive it, which is to say, believe it. And all of the riches that I have just outlined are yours instantly. That, of course, is also what makes this the greatest gift of all time. I love you, church. Can I pray for you? Jesus, I thank you for this season. I thank you for what you are doing all over the world. I stop for a moment to consider what you're doing that we're not even aware of. Your majesty, your goodness, your tenderness, your kindness, your healing ways. All over the world right now, what you do is astounding. Lord, I pray for anybody watching right now that does not know the free gift of forgiveness that only you offer. Pray right now you'd open up hearts and minds to believe, to receive you, the greatest gift in human history. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you've opened up your heart and your mind and you have received the free gift of Jesus, is there any way that you would give us the privilege and the opportunity of letting us know so that we can pray for you and just remind you that Church Home exists as a community all over the world to serve and help you as you begin to walk every day with this wonderful gift, the person of Jesus. I love you, Church Home. Merry Christmas. And don't forget, we'll see you at our Christmas Eve special. It's going to be a wonderful celebration together. Love you.